Welcome to another episode of Men's Bible Study. Today we're joined by Dr. Justin Hillhouse, who's going to continue our series, Patterns of Great Men. Throughout the weeks, we've gone through some interesting patterns such as holiness, faithfulness, and the pattern of prayer. And today, Dr. Justin Hillhouse is going to teach us about persistence. Now, let's hear from Dr. Hillhouse. Guys, if you have your copy of God's Word, open it up, turn it on. We are in Mark chapter 10, Mark chapter 10. And as you open it up, turn there, as you know, we're kind of in a series simply titled Patterns of Great Men. And as we've been looking at all these different patterns over the past several weeks, we've talked about the pattern of holiness. John Mark a few weeks ago talked about the pattern of faithfulness and talking about Moses. And uh, last week, John Mark talked a little bit about just uh, the, the, the patterns of failure where we might fail and we see the patterns in that. And so he kind of talked a little bit uh, about that. We also talked about the pattern of prayer and we walked through the prayer of Jabez and kind of looked at that. And as we kind of close out this series um, over the next two weeks, I want to talk about really a pattern uh, for us as guys that, that we uh, talk about a lot and we hear about a lot, but it really just boils down to you can talk about it, but you just have to do it. You just kind of have to gird your loins, really, and move forward and be able to do it. And it's that pattern of persistence. It's the pattern of persistence. And when you look at the root word of the word persistence, it is to persist. And it means this, to continue steadfastly or firmly in some state, purpose, or course of action, especially in spite of opposition, especially in spite of opposition. And when you open up God's word and you read uh, through that, you see other words that are synonyms to the word persist, to the word persistence. You see words like endurance or grit or perseverance or tenacity or stamina or consistency. You see these words all throughout scripture and it simply means to persist, to continue, to keep at it, to keep on going. And today, I just want to encourage you, wherever it is you are in your life, there is probably some struggle that you're going through and you're thinking about giving up. And at the end of the day, I want to just encourage you. Scripture wants to encourage you. Keep on going. Keep at it. I like what Thomas Edison said. He said this, genius is 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. And that's really true for us, especially as guys, because for us, I don't know about you, but for us, there are times when I wake up in the morning and I go, you know what? Today is going to be a fight. How many of you are with me on that? Today is going to be a fight. Today, I'm going to have to go to the office. I'm going to have to duke it out. Today, I'm going to have to wake up and I'm going to have to deal with my teenage son. Is anybody with me on that? Okay. Today, I'm going to have to wake up I'm going to have to deal with my wife. Okay? Woo. Hey, man, there are days like that. And trust me, there are days when she wakes up and she says, I got to deal with my husband. Every day. And you all look at me and go, ha, 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 Justin. Hey, I don't know what your wife say about you. But guess what? They got to wake up. They got to say the same thing about you. 
And so there is, we, we have to get up, and there are days when, guys, we just got to get up, and we got to fight. We got to fight, and we get tired of the fight, and we want to quit. We just say, you know what? I have had enough. You know, we want a good marriage, and we can go to all the counselors in the world. We can spend all the time we want to in, in, in counseling. We can go to all the conferences in the world, but at the end of the day, we're going to have to go home, and we're going to have to look at our wives across the table, and we are going to have to persist, and we are going to have to persevere, and we are going to have to continue to show them that we love them and serve them. The same is with our kids. The same is in our job. We're going to have to get up in the morning and we are going to have to go after it. You want that promotion? Guess what I learned early on when you work in the business world? And that's not only in the business world, but that's also in the church world. They always said when I was in the business world, you make your money before eight and after five. You know what? That's persistence, gentlemen. That is persistence. That is tenacity. If you want that promotion, guess what? It doesn't happen between 8 and 5. It happens before 8. It happens after 5. Hey, guess what? <laughs> it, it's quite fascinating that you don't get that promotion because you stayed a, after uh, the office closed one time. It's because you were there all the time, four days, five days a week. Sometimes you have to go in on Saturday just to do what needs to get done. And so we see persistence just in life, but we see it all throughout Scripture. Uh, just raising my teenage son, I'll tell you what, he's giving me fits right now. He's 15, just got his driver's permit. Yeah, I know. And I tell you what, one of the biggest fights we have is every Sunday morning. Dad, I don't want to go to church. I go to Christian school. I don't want to go to church. I'm like, dude, you're going to church. And there's a fight. And you know what? It's, it's easy to make the excuse to say, hey, let's, let, you know what? That's okay. You, don't, you, you know, you can skip this Sunday. But no. I have to persist and I have to keep after him. And guys, we are constantly fighting. And I want to encourage you, keep up the fight. And so let's talk a little bit just about persistence. I like what Jacob Reese wrote. He said this, I look at a stonecutter hammering away at a rock a hundred times without so much as a crack showing in it. Yet at the hundred and first blow, it splits into two. I know it was not the one blow that did it but all that had gone before. So guys, let's look in Mark chapter 10, verse 46 through 52, and we see a man that is persistent, and he goes against all the odds just to get in front of Jesus. And here from this story, we see three excuses that people can use to quit. Three excuses that people use to quit. The Bible presents persistence. It presents perseverance as a positive character quality. And persistence is closely linked to endurance and to per perseverance. So when you read in Scripture and when you look in Scripture about endurance and perseverance, 
perseverance. You are talking, Scripture is talking about persistence, just keeping at it over and over again. So let's look in Mark chapter 10. Let's look at this story real quick and see these three excuses that every man can use and that we want to encourage you not to use. Starting in verse 46 of Mark 10, then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city and a blind man named Bartimaeus was sitting by the roadside begging. Here's the first excuse is that there are always distractions. There are always distractions around us. We see this picture of Jesus and he's walking out of Jericho. And as he's walking out of Jericho, he has his 12 disciples with him. Okay. He has his 12 disciples, but not only does he have his 12 disciples, he also has a large crowd. If you look at scripture, it says together with a large crowd, crowd. It wasn't a few extra people. It was a large crowd that was gathered around Jesus, gathered around his disciples. And as they are moving out of the city, you have blind Bartimaeus that's sitting there on the roadside. So Jesus is traveling down this same road and there is a mob of people all around Jesus with his disciples and they are vying for Jesus's attention. Okay. And they, as they move down uh, this path, Jesus is talking with them. People are shouting at Jesus. People are asking him questions. People are constantly vying for Jesus's attention. And as they are walking by, they are walking by and walking around, stepping over Bartimaeus. There is so much noise going on that is probably hard to hear. And there is blind Bartimaeus. He is sitting there. He has probably heard that Jesus is in town, probably has heard what Jesus has done in the past, has heard about what Jesus has done there in Jericho. Jesus's reputation has preceded him to Bartimaeus's ears. And Bartimaeus knows that this man named Jesus Christ could heal him. And he is stuck there on the side of the road, blind and begging. And there is so much going on. There are so many distractions going on between Jesus and his disciples and the crowd. And then you have people just walking over blind Bartimaeus there, just stuck on the side of the road. It could be very discouraging for a guy like Bartimaeus to be sitting there needing the attention that he needs. Whether you are trying to improve your marriage, improve your spiritual walk with God, improve where you at and you uh, improve where you're at in your career, there will always be distractions. Are you with me on that? There will always be something that kind of catches your Attention. I'll never forget. This is a personal story. This really happened. I was on the phone. I was on the phone talking with somebody in my home. And right outside of my home, there's a big tree that's growing right there in my yard. And there was a squirrel that ran up that tree and it had a nut right there in its, in its, in its hand. And it turned and looked at me and then it did this. And all of a sudden, I just got totally fascinated by it. Y'all with me on that? totally fascinated. 
And this dude is on the phone and he's talking to me about something. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention because I was busy looking at that squirrel. And there are times in our lives, guys, when we have those squirrel moments. Are you with me? You have those total squirrel moments where you're doing your thing, then all of a sudden squirrel. And you just all of a sudden get locked in and you start looking. And you get distracted. Proverbs 4, 25 through 26, it says this, Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths of your feet and be steadfast in all of your ways. I love what Scripture says right there, man. Let your eyes look ahead. Fix your gaze directly ahead of you. Keep looking and going in the direction that you need to be going. Stay focused. There is a crowd all around Jesus. There is plenty of stuff just going on around Bartimaeus. Guess what? He could very easily and very quickly be distracted. Real quick at your table, I want you to, uh, to discuss this question. And we're just going to take just a few minutes. But real quick, this question, I want you to talk about at your table. What easily distracts you? It could be something as simple as a squirrel running up a tree. But real quick, what easily distracts you? One, two, three, go. What easily distracts you? All right. Hey, real quick, what distracts you? What distracts you? Real quick, some of you here, what distracts you? Oh, your cell phone does? A lot of folks, your cell phone? <clears throat> Anything specific on your cell phone distract you? Notifications. Notifications. Guess what? You can turn those off. <laughs> yeah, what? Huh? Social media distracts you? Yeah, yeah? Well, <laughs> don't do it? Yeah. What else? What else distracts you? Your wife distracts you? Okay, I'm going to let that one alone. What else? What else distracts you? Anything? Anything distracts you. You're retired. Yeah. What else? Is there anything else that distracts you? Man, there are all these distractions in our lives. Stuff is always people, things, objects are always vying for our attention. And this kind of leads us to uh, the second excuse that, that folks use is, oh, hey, I was distracted. I got this, that, the other. And that's this, is that there are always going to be naysayers. There will always be naysayers. In verse 47 of the story, we see this. When he heard that Jesus of Nazareth, uh, <clears throat> that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now between me, you, and the fence post, this, this, these two verses right here land in probably my top 10 favorite passages of Scripture. And here's why. is because Bartimaeus... He shouts, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And then everybody says, shh, shh, hey, you, 
be quiet. Look at what scripture says. It says many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. It wasn't just a few people. Okay. It wasn't just a few guys. It wasn't just a few ladies. It wasn't just like a Karen. All right. Just standing there going, hey, you need to be quiet. Okay. But what does scripture say? There was many people, a lot of people told this guy to be quiet. And here's what I find even more fascinating, okay? And this is just a total sidebar. But when you look at this passage, you have Jesus who is considered at the time to be a rabbi. People haven't quite figured out he's savior yet, but they call him rabbi. He is a good teacher. He is a spiritual teacher. He is one that does miraculous things, performs miracles. This is the same Jesus that teaches and tells people about love and kindness and gentleness and faithfulness. This is the same Jesus that teaches people how to treat others and there is this crowd around Jesus, okay? And as they're moving along, they're being so rude to this blind guy, aren't they? He's calling out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And there's a crowd of them that go, shh, be quiet. I find that extremely ironic. <laughs> shh, be quiet. We're trying to listen to Jesus. Somebody is asking him, a question and it just eggs Bartimaeus on even more instead of shutting him down what does he do it emboldens him and he says Jesus son of David have mercy on me and you say Justin that's pretty dramatic and the answer is is yes but that's the reality because in order for Bartimaeus to be heard he's going to have to raise his voice. He is going to have to shout. He's going to have to do something to get Jesus's attention and to say, hey, Jesus, over here, I need you now more than any of these other folks. And yet there were people that were there, spiritual people walking by, looking at him and saying, hey, listen, be quiet. Of all the people that needed Jesus, it was Bartimaeus. And those folks, that crowd around Jesus, I would have thought would realize, hey, listen, let's get this blind guy to Jesus. But did they care? Absolutely not. They told him to be quiet. And guys, there are constantly going to be people that tell you to be quiet or, hey, don't do this or don't say that or don't live exactly this way. There are always going to be naysayers. Last week there was an article about an Arizona school board. Have y'all heard about this? There was an Arizona school board that had a contract with Arizona Christian University. And the school board met together and they terminated the contract that they had with Arizona Christian University. And they terminated that contract for the fact that they taught biblical marriage and biblical sexuality. Even though there were no complaints lodged against Arizona Christian University, even though no one complained about the school, no one complained about the alumni, nobody complained about the students that they hired from that university, the Arizona School Board terminated the contract because they did not like 
what Arizona Christian University stood for. And they said, we want no part of it. There are naysayers in public. There will be naysayers in private. There will be some naysayers here in church. I pray that there are not naysayers here in this room. But there are always naysayers. There will be people that are naysaying about biblical marriage, about biblical sexuality. There are naysayers about biblical finances. There are naysayers about doing business biblically. There will be naysayers about how we raise our children and grandchildren in a biblical fashion. There will be naysayers to those that call right, right, and wrong, wrong. There will be naysayers when it comes to salvation. Oh, Jesus is the only way? I don't know about that. Oprah is a great example. She thinks there are many roads to God. No, there's only one road, and it is through Jesus Christ. There will be people that constantly try to shut us down, that will constantly question, why do you do that? And what is the purpose? And we turn around and we say, well, because this is biblical, because this is what God wants, because this is what is God honoring. And people say, why do that? That's not even important. It doesn't matter. The, the answer to the question is, is, yes, it does. Because that's what God has called us to do. When I think of naysayers, I think of uh, Nehemiah. And Nehemiah is building the wall of Jerusalem. And then there's this dude that shows up, and his name is Sanballat. And what does Sanballat do in Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 1 and 2? What does it say? It says, When Sanballat heard that they were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. And he ridiculed the Jews. And in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in the day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble, burned as they are? There will always be naysayers. There will always be people trying to shout us down. I love this advice from Titus chapter 3, verse 10. It says this, Warn a divisive person once, and then warn them a second time. After that, have nothing to do with them. You want to deal with naysayers? Hey, this is the way I'm going to live. Ah, you don't need to. Hey, I'm, I'm telling you. This is just the way we're going to do it. Oh, it doesn't really. You know what? You're divisive. I don't need to pay attention to you anymore. Move on. That's some great advice right there from Scripture. Real quick, here's a question at your tables. Uh, I'd love for you to answer. Uh, what have others said to discourage you either in the past or what is somebody saying to you right now that's discouraging you? What have others said to you in the past that have discouraged you? Or what is someone trying to discourage you with right now? Ready? One, two, three, go. All right, guys, hey, real quick, let's look at this third excuse. The third excuse is that there will always be a lazy option. There will always be a lazy option. There's always an option just to 
be lazy. There's all, there will always be distractions. There will always be naysayers to keep us from being persistent in pursuing what we are trying to do. But then there will always be a lazy option. If you look there in verse 49, it says this, Jesus stopped and said, call him. So Jesus heard Bartimaeus call out. And Jesus said, hey, call him. So they called to the blind man. Cheer up on your feet. He is calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Now Jesus knew right where Bartimaeus was. I mean, they're on the same road. Jesus is walking down the road. Bartimaeus is sitting on the side of the road. We don't know where exactly Jesus is in relation to Bartimaeus. He might have already passed him. We don't know. But here's what we do know. Jesus called the Bartimaeus and he said, hey, come up here to me. Now, it is at this point that Bartimaeus has the perfect excuse because Jesus said, hey, come to me. Here's the deal. Bartimaeus is blind. Right. And if I'm blind, I'm going to be standing. I'm going to be sitting there. I'm going to be like, where are you? <laughs> I can't see you. But did that stop Bartimaeus? No. I would have thought that maybe Jesus, knowing where blind Bartimaeus is, walking that direction, that maybe he would be there right in front of him. But instead, no. What did Jesus? Jesus stayed right where he was and he said, hey, listen, Bartimaeus, you come to me. And it is at this point that Bartimaeus could have said, you know what, Jesus, I can't see you. You know what? There's too many people. You know, maybe it's just not worth it. I might be just a little embarrassed because now everybody is looking at me. And people are saying, hey, Jesus, go on up there. Come on, get up. He could have been embarrassed. There are a litany of excuses at this point in time that Bartimaeus could have used. But instead, what does he do? He gets to Jesus so fast that he leaves his jacket behind. I mean, he runs out of his jacket to get in front of Jesus. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and he got to Jesus. You know, when I think about this, I, I think about the story of Cain and Abel. And if you know, back there in Genesis 4, it is Cain that killed Abel. And what happened was, is Cain and Abel brought their sacrifices before God and God accepted Abel's, but he did not accept Cain's. It wasn't to God's standards. And God and Cain had a conversation. And look at what God told Cain in Genesis 4, 7. It says, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door and it desires to have you, but you must rule over it. You know, God gave Cain the opportunity to fix it. Would it have been hard? Yes. Would Cain had to persevere? Yes. Would Cain have to be persistent? Yes. But there was an opportunity to go before God and to do it again. God even says, hey, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? That's a question of, hey, there's an opportunity for you to do it again. You can have a redo. 
And then what does God say? He warns him. But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. God gave Cain the opportunity. Would it be hard? Yes. Would he have to be persistent? Yes. But instead, Cain chose the lazy way out. What did he do? He said, I'll just get rid of my competition. And he killed his brother. What Cain didn't realize is that was going to cause even more heartache and pain for him later on. You know, as we kind of conclude today, uh, I want you to see the end of the story. And you see the reward of Bartimaeus' persistence. And it says this in Mark 10, 50 through 52, throwing off his cloak, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, Jesus said. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Men, if you're struggling in your marriage, don't stop loving and serving your wife. Ephesians 5, 21 through 22. If you're struggling in your career, don't give up. Get there early. Stay late. Do whatever it is you need to do. 2 Chronicles 15, verse 7. If you're struggling with your children, don't stop praying for them. Proverbs 22, verse 6. If you're struggling in your relationships, Psalm 133, verse 1. Don't stop being a faithful friend. And if you're struggling with your relationship with God right now, keep on following Jesus and keep on obeying His commands. John 8, verse 12. I want to close with just some encouragement for you to stay persistent in your faith, to stay persistent in following Jesus Christ, to stay stay persistent in the Word, to stay persistent in obeying the commands of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that is Lamentations 3, 22 through 24. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You know, God loves you with a great persistence. You know that? God loves you with a great persistence. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for Him. Guys, let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you for this day. Thank you that we could come here. We can open up your, your word. Father, um, I just ask that th- there are some guys right now that they're probably thinking about quitting. Whatever it is, could be in their marriage, could be on their kids, could be on their grandkids, could be in, in, in their career, could be, uh, uh, I don't know what it is, but th- they're ready to give up. But Father, you teach us to be persistent. You teach us to keep at it and to keep focused. And so, Father, I ask that you would give them encouragement today. Father, that you would give them focus, that the distractions would be set aside. That, Father, the naysayers would be quieted. And that, Father, that they would not succumb to laziness and try and take the easy way out. 
Father, I just ask that you would, uh, that you would encourage them, that you would lift them up so that, God, they would be a shining light in this dark world, so that they would be salt in this bland society. Father, we love you and we thank you and be with us as we go our separate directions and be with us as we come back on Wednesday night and Sunday morning. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. We ask all these things in Jesus' name and all God's men said. Y'all have a great week. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to today's Bible study. For more information regarding Cottonwood Creek, go to cottonwoodcreek.org. And we hope you tune in next time for more episodes of Men's Bible Study.